Today we celebrate the feast of St. Alphonsus Liguori, who was an Italian saint from the 1700s. And he is considered, in our Catholic tradition we have these, we have what are called doctors of the church. So they're theologians who have stood out in the history of the life of the church as especially uh, important and influential in the way that Catholics think in general about God and morality. And uh, so we've got different doctors, but then we've got this one specific category called uh, moral moral theology or the moral doctor of the church. And uh, St. Alphonsus is actually the moral doctor of the church, which is, that's really remarkable because when it comes to the doctors of the church in general, we've got a lot of them. I don't know, I think we've got like 25 or something. But when it comes to that specific category of moral theology, of reflection and thought upon our morality and our, our moral life in relation to our life in God, there's one, and this guy's the king. I mean, it's really, it's quite remarkable. So his his writings oftentimes, though, unfortunately, are kind of inaccessible to the average person. It's not a lot of them have been translated into, into you know, everyday languages. Uh, and then those that have been are, it's very complicated. His, his writings are very, they're, they're, it's, it's uh Extremely, you know, erudite and sort of complex stuff. But he does have some smaller works here and there that are devotional works, and you can find like tan books that would publish little pamphlets with just like excerpts from St. Alphonsus and his different spiritual writings, meditations upon different topics and things like that. So, you know, very, and they're all, they're all wonderful, so I encourage you to put, put St. Alphonsus on your radar screen, and when you find something from him, read it, because he's, he's a very, very important, uh, person in our, in the tradition of our church. And thinking about morality here, it, morality in the Catholic conception is not this external imposition upon our freedom. This is something I speak about constantly, because it really needs to be understood. The, the common secular view of morality is that it's just rules, it's rules, 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 and they're meant to take our fun away from us. And that's not the, the Catholic concept of morality. The Catholic concept of morality is that the, the moral guidance that the church provides for us originally, of course, is rooted in the teaching of Jesus Christ, and that the Lord came to set us free, to give us keys to unlock our inner nature. So this is like, uh, the, the moral law is sort of like uh, grant, rules of grammar that help us to write properly. It's sort of like uh, rules of a, of a baseball game or a basketball game that help us to actually play the game well. Or they're rules of music. You know, it's like the written notes of the music so that we can actually learn how to play well. And at first, they seem to be kind of external rules that that are tough but it's like anything you know when a kid is learning how to play an instrument he follows the note and he's like Eh." Uh, uh, it's not very impressive but once he goes over and over and over and begins to internalize the note the rules when begins to internalize when becomes part of his interior mind and heart he begins to be set free so that he can create something very very beautiful Okay, and then when he's got that, when it's very much internalized, he's very proficient, and he, he creates this gorgeous thing, and it's wonderful to listen to. So the rules are necessary, uh, but they're meant to really unlock the interior freedom of the human heart so that we can live lives 
as God really intended us to live, the moral rules, the moral law. We see in our first reading from Exodus this amazing uh, phenomenon that took place when God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt into the Promised Land. What they would do is their whole group of people, which is the huge, massive number of people, it was like a million people that they were leading across the desert, and they would stop in stages. And uh, God instructed Moses to build like this sacred tent. And uh, this tent, which is referred to as the dwelling in our lectionary, would be sort of enshrouded by this kind of image of a divine presence. And in the daytime, when the sun was out, it would appear as a sort of a cloud. Now you can't, don't think of it as like a, whatever, a, a cloud that you look up in the sky. It was probably more of like a, this shimmering kind of abstract, almost like computer graphics, special effects, light, pillar of light. Uh, and it would dwell over the, the, that tent, the sacred tent, and would just kind of rest on it. And it was so intense and overwhelming, no one could enter the tent, not even Moses. And then at night, that same presence of God appeared to be a big pillar of fire. And our, our Paschal candle, is in, in, because it's shaped like a pillar and you light it on fire, it's meant to be a symbol of that pillar of fire. Um, and so that would dwell over the tent. Now, when it stayed still, the children of Israel would stay still. When it kind of like lifted up and moved forward, then the priests would come out and they'd pack up the tent and they'd be like, okay, let's go. We're going to follow the Lord. Okay, And so the children of Israel were obedient. They followed God. And all of that is meant to be a symbol that points to Jesus Christ when God himself would dwell in our midst as one of us. And when the Holy Spirit, through baptism and through confirmation, would dwell in our hearts. And St. Paul tells us in Romans, he says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Okay, so that's the primary characteristic of the Son of God or the daughter of God is that they're led by the Spirit of God. What does that leading mean? So just like the Israelites were led by that pillar of fire and the pillar and the, the pillar of cloud, um, so also we as Disciples of Jesus Christ, we are led by the Holy Spirit. And that's really the, the primary preeminent mark that we're disciples of Jesus in that we are sons and daughters of God. What though does that mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, when the Holy Spirit enters the soul of the child in baptism, it sanctifies the soul and gives the, gives the child what's called sanctifying grace. And along with that grace come the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and the moral virtues of prudence and justice and fortitude and temperance. And then also the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so all of those virtues and gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to be the guiding principle in our life. Okay, We live our lives according to those virtues and according to those gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. Okay, so it doesn't really mean okay. I'm going to wake. I'm going to wake up every morning, and I don't know if I'm going to wear red socks or white socks. And so I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell me what white socks or oh, red socks today. God wants me to wear red socks. So that's not being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, being led by the Holy Spirit is living your life according to the virtues and according to the gifts of the Holy Spirit of. Prudence and strength and knowledge and wisdom, so forth and so on. 
And this is really ultimately what the moral law and the teaching of St. Alphonsus Liguri was meant to do. It was meant to lead us to a place where we're completely regenerated and we are led by the Spirit of God. And we are living a human life according to how God wanted us to live a human life. He created us, you know, this is the other thought I have, is the glory of the Lord is not meant to be this thing where like, you know, the cloud comes down on the tent and everybody looks at it and says, Woo, wow! Like, you know, why would God want to just put on a light show and impress us? Okay, he's got nothing to gain by that. The glory of the Lord is human beings actually alive with God's grace, filled with his Holy Spirit, and living their life to his glory and according to how he wanted us to live his life. That's truly what the glory of the Lord is. It's not a light show. It's human beings made new and following him and, and being his disciple. Saint Irenaeus from the second century says a very, very important saying. says, the glory of the Lord is man fully alive. The glory of the Lord is man fully alive, living with the life of God's own life. And so uh, this is what St. Alphonsus, the, the man uh, whose, whose memorial we celebrate today, was really all about. And that's what the moral law is really all about. It's not to, meant to take our fun away from us. It's meant to help us uh, with those kind of baby steps towards that time of ultimate maturity when we can produce the beautiful uh, work of art that is the human life lived as meant by God.